Hello, everybody. Welcome to the MTG Place podcast. I am your host, Corey. Um, today, I'm joined by Jake, also known as Sleepy Shaman. You might remember him all the way back from episode zero. Say hi. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Yeah, and I uh, just want to plug some ways to support the podcast here. We appreciate everyone who does. We have a Discord you can join. We have a TCG Player affiliate link. We have a Patreon that starts at a dollar. And uh, also you can follow us on YouTube and just by listening. It's time for Magic News! We had some good news over the break. Uh, we were featured number nine in the Feed Spot article for the best 25 Magic the Gathering podcasts, which is crazy considering we only have like 10 episodes. Um, so thank you guys so much if you had any part in that. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, we'll have a link to the article in the show notes. Uh, also, Magic News, double feature pre-releases this weekend. You going to play in any of that, Jake? I don't think so. I'm actually pretty busy this weekend, so probably won't be there. I guess for those of you that don't know, Double Feature is basically they're combining Crimson Vow and Midnight Hunt into one pack, and it's monochromatic colors, and there's two rares in every pack, uh, one from each set. Um, so some stores are doing some uh, pre-release events this week, and then it's releasing next week. Some people are doing some events in an arena. They're doing a Double Feature event. That will be 10,000 gold or 1,500 gems. Uh, and if you get seven wins, you get 2,500 uh, gems back. So you can do some drafts on uh, Arena as well, and you get Dracula card styles for that as well. You going to play that on Arena at all? Uh, like I said, I'm pretty busy, so I probably won't even be getting on Arena. And then uh, Magic Online is doing a Ravnica Cube launching this week. Uh, so it's Ravnica Cube, so it's everything from all of the Ravnica sets, I believe, which is going to be crazy. Um, so it's basically a, similar to a Legacy Cube, so for it's only Ravnica. Um, so if you want to play your favorite guilds, you can play that on Magic Online, for those of you that still play on Magic Online. And then Secret Lair, a Capricorn Astrology Lands are out now for pre-order. Um, I'm a Capricorn, but uh, I don't think I'm going to order these because I honestly don't think they look that great, but, you know. Each his own if you do. Um, and I also just don't like paying for basic lands. But, you know, uh, throughout the past so far, the secret layers, most of them have gained value. So it might be a financial investment. Yeah, I think they look pretty cool. But I just for the price for basic lands, I, I've never been interested in paying for basic lands. Yeah, their bundle for the foils, it looks like you get four packs of five so you get uh was it 20 lands in foil for 150 dollars that's like that's a lot seems a little outrageous to me uh too much money just for some foil basic lands they're, they're they look cool but just i can't bring myself to do it right. all right now we're gonna move to our finance section uh this year um we have some top winners and losers in cards. Uh, I'm just going to point out a few highlights here. but um, Crime Punishment is up to $13 from $0.79. Cents. So if you have that card, oh yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, Gravestorm is up to $25. The Island of Wok Wok went up from 200 to 2500 We were just talking about that before the show. It seems like a crazy card from the reserve list. I'm pretty sure that has to do with uh, buyouts. Yeah, it could be. It it can work well in Commander, I suppose. Uh, looks like almost everything on the reserve list has gone up about 200%, so people still thinking about uh, getting reserve list cards might be worth doing. There's a lot of reserve list cards that are losers as well, though. Yeah, but it, I guess, yeah, don't buy the ones that aren't any good. <laughs> well, Misha's Workshop is technically a loser, so... Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's gone down like 50%. That's crazy. So, there are good cards on the losers list for reserved list. Yeah, you can look all this up on MTG Stocks. They have a list of highest winners and losers. Although, Alex Library, it's... Just gone crazy. It's up like five thousand, six thousand dollars in the past year. Yeah, uh, my, our buddy John's probably killing himself for selling that for like two thousand dollars. Yeah, and then the island of Whack Whack is also it's up like twenty three hundred dollars. So that's one of the top on the reserved list. Yeah, and those of you to play uh, vintage and have bizarre bay dead. That's up like two thousand bucks as well. Yep, and then chains is still going up. There's a lot of cards on the reserve list that have gone up quite a bit in the past year. Those of you that are lucky enough to have the Mana Crypt from Master, the Masterpiece one from the Keldesh Inventions, that went up $300 this year. Um, Cradle. James has Cradle. That's up to 1000 bucks. So, yeah, that'll be pretty interesting to see uh, prices, if they're going to keep going up and up, or if will they'll, you know, put the reserve list ever in the tank. Yeah, that's a sour spot for a lot of people. So, we like to uh, guess here. This week is Unlimited. I'm going to see if uh, Jake can guess the top five cards uh, from Unlimited, not including Power or um, Dual Lands. Uh, so do you know what the top most expensive card in Unlimited, if you owned it right now, that's not power or dual? I am kicking myself for this because I personally think that it's Wheel of Fortune, and that is a card that I've had my eye on for years, and it's just been going up and up and up, and I missed buying it when it was like $85. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah, it's Wheel of Fortune. It's almost $5,000 now. Like, that's insane. Yeah, that's just super kicking myself for that one. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Wheel of Fortune is you basically discard your hand, draw seven. Was it three? Yeah, and it really worked well in my Nekusar, the Mind Razor deck for Commander. And I just, I didn't want to buy it when it was $85 because I thought it was too much. And now it's just entirely too much. Right. All right, do uh, you have any idea what the second card might be? Um, I'm going to guess Force Field. Uh, it's actually Gauntlet of Might, which is... Oh, really? For all creatures, get 1-1, one, one, and Mountains Tap for an extra red. That's interesting. I I suppose it makes sense that it's up that high. 
yeah, it's nine hundred dollars. Um, and then the third card's Chaos Orb, which anyone who has a Chaos Orb knows that playing with it is garbage because you have to flip it from a height of a foot and hope it lands something to blow stuff up. Uh, but yeah, that's more of just a a Chaos card, obviously, because yeah. it says Chaos in the name. Yeah, and then the fourth card is the one you mentioned, Force Field. Oh, interesting. Which is uh, three for an artifact, and you can pay one to, you only take one damage, you prevent all but one damage on the the unblocked creature. Then, uh, any idea what the last one is? Um, I have no clue. Uh, Word of Command, which is uh, black, black, instant, look at it, target opponent's hand, choose a card from it. You control that player until this finishes resolving. The player then plays that card. If able while doing so, that player can't activate mana abilities. Uh, yeah, so basi- basically you force someone to play a spell from their hand. It's just worded in the old template. That's hard to understand. Yep. And no surprise here, I would assume that with power... Black Lotus takes the number one spot. Yeah, which is why I was like, well, everyone's going to know Black Lotus and the power and lands if I just said that for the first, you know, four sets anyway. (laughs) So our main phase this year is we are talking about the year in review. So this year we had a lot of sets come out. We had Kaldheim, Strixhaven, Adventures of the Forgotten Realms, Midnight Hunt, Crimson Vow. Mystery Booster for the Convention Edition. Modern Horizons 2, Time Spelled Remaster. We had some Challenger decks. And we had a bunch of Secret Layers. And so there was just a lot, a lot of stuff that came out this year. Man, this year has gone, the 2021 has gone by, had gone by so slow. Like, I, I forgot that Time Spiral Remastered was 2021. Yeah, like, like, it was like, like, most recently I'm just like, oh, okay, you know, you know, the D and D set, Midnight Hunt, Crimson Vow, and then you look back and you're like, "Oh, that's right, Kaldheim, Strixhaven, Time Spiral, Modern Rises Two. That was all this year." <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy how I, I guess the year kind of seemed to go by slow. Maybe, maybe it went by so fast that we kind of forgot. Because Time Spiral, I forgot that it was. I thought it was 2020, to be honest. Yeah, it was super early in 2021. Crazy. All right, so if we had to give a set rating for each set, we're going to give them a rating out of 10. Uh, so, Kaldheim, did you play uh, Kaldheim at all? I did, and it was not among my favorite sets. Yeah, I didn't think it was that great. Um, it has retained some value, um, expected value booster box-wise. So if you were to buy a box, I think it's like 80 bucks, and you're supposed to get about $100 for the cards in there, because there's some commons and uncommons played in standard. Uh, but once it rotates, it might not be worth it. Uh, if I had to give that a rating, I'd probably give it like, I don't know, like a six. It's probably, it's a solid set, but not super great. Six seems fair. Yeah, I would also say good. six. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, what about Strixhaven? Did you play that one at all? I played a little bit of Strixhaven. It was really fun. Um, for a rating on that, I'd probably go with a seven or eight. Yeah, I liked, uh, I liked Strixhaven as well. Um I'd probably give it about a seven as well because my only con- thing is for draft purposes, uh, the five colleges weren't super balanced. Um, like the like there was a couple that were a lot better color pairs that were better than others. Uh, so if they would have balanced that better, 
And it also confused me that all the colleges have different names instead of the you know, old guild colors we've been calling them forever. <laughs> uh, but other than that, it was a great set. Yeah, it kind of brought in like the Harry Potter vibes with all the spells and schools and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, my favorite set of the year, uh, this year would be Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Uh, I'd probably give that a like eight or a nine out of ten because like I love that set. I love D and D. There's a couple like busted cards for like draft and stuff, and the whole dungeon mechanic they went they kind of was underwhelming. They didn't make it powerful enough, I don't think. Because they didn't want to accidentally break something again in Magic, like they have the last year a lot. Uh, but overall, I like that D and D came to Magic and they're merging, and we're getting another D and D set this year that's based on Commander, which will be sweet. Um, so yeah, I really love this set. Yeah, I'm a big D and D fan as well. So Adventures in the Forgotten Realms was pretty up there on my ranking list. I'd go with a nine. And then uh, Midnight Hunt, uh, Werewolves, um, just because of the fact that the werewolves were supposed to be the main feature of it, and in draft, the werewolf deck sucked. It's literally the worst deck in draft. Um, I'm going to give this, like, a four. Like, it's it's a good set overall, but it's not. Like, the fact that it's called Midnight Hunt, it's based on werewolves, and the werewolves are very not great in the set. Yeah, I think that has to do with them uh, not wanting to bust werewolves again. <laughs> Yeah, but and like the whole day, day bound night bound thing is fine, but like they should have either retrocon the old ones to make them work the same way, or just made them work the same way because that was a little confusing too. Like so, then if you're playing commander and you have old werewolves and new werewolves, you got to remember two different ways they work. Yeah, which is a little disappointing because so Innistrad is when I started playing Magic and I loved werewolves back in OG Innistrad. So for it to be underwhelming on werewolves is a little disappointing. Yeah, it's just like, come on, guys, get it right. That'll do better, I'm sure. Uh, but then they, they they seem to fix that issue with Crimson Val, the vampire set. Vampires are very good, one of the best mechanics. Uh, Edgar and Olivia are fantastic in this set. Um, and you got Soren's back, and the, the whole vibe that the two vampires are getting married, and they're trying to take over kind of the the realm and the gatewatch is trying to stop them. It's pretty, pretty cool concept. Yeah, no, I love vampires. I love vampires, everything to do with vampires and just having a set that's solely dedicated to vampire. Well, not, not solely dedicated, but where they're the main iconic characters. It's super love, exciting. Yeah. I also love that they did the Dracula alternate arts. So you can exactly. The characters from the Dracula movies. <clears throat> I'd probably give that about, you know, 7 out of 10. I'm going to go with an 8 out of 10 on that one. I thought Crimson Vow was pretty sweet. Uh, and then uh, another one of my favorite sets of the year is Time Spell Remastered. Um, that's one I honestly would give that a 10 out of 10. I love Time Spiral. Love that it was reprinted. Love they did the retro artwork. My only complaint is that, you know, it's 200 some dollars for a box, but whatever. You know, I love the set. I think I hope they continue to do remastered sets. Um, hopefully, Kamigawa, even though they're doing a Kamigawa standard set now. But I love the old Kamigawa. I love the old Time Spiral. It's one of my great sets. And I even pulled first pack Damnation. It's like it knew that like I needed my black cards. Yep, Time Spiral was an absolute blast to open. Seeing all the old bordered cards and all the cards that we used to play with. 
What would you rate that? Uh, I'd probably say a 9 or 10. And then we got uh, Modern Horizons 2. Uh, that was good. A lot of Modern uh, and Commander staples came out of there. Uh, they did reprint the, some of the fetch lands, which was nice. Um, I didn't grab any boxes of this just due to the overwhelming price tag. Uh, but I was able to trade for some you know, duels while they went down to about 40 bucks instead of being like 80 Yeah, I didn't buy into Modern Horizons 2. I just got, I got screwed by the last Modern Horizons and it left a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, uh, so overall I'd probably give this about a 7 out of 10. Set wise, seven out of ten, but just not being interested in it, five or six. Okay, and then uh, the mystery booster convention edition. I didn't get the convention edition because uh, I, I used to get it when I was at the conventions, but now we haven't had in person magic. I did get the retail adventures they did the year before, uh, but the convention edition. If you wanted those uh, playtest cards, you could get them in there, and then anything else that was in mystery booster before. Uh, so those of you that can get your hands on it, uh, it's good. Uh, I do like the mystery booster overall. I do think the name mystery is kind of weird because like it makes people think like it's maybe it's not worth it. Like those Walmart mystery boxes, they probably should call it like Chaos Draft set because that's basically what it was. It was just chaos and fun to draft. Uh, and there's about 1,600 different cards in there, so you're never like you could open like five boxes and not and not get a ton of repeats. Yeah, I, I I definitely noticed when I or when I opened the retail mystery booster, I wasn't getting a lot of like dual rares. Like when I open normal sets, you get like there'll be one rare where you seem to get like five or six of them, but I didn't notice that with the mystery boosters. Right. So overall, I'd probably give it an eight out of ten. Just you know, I don't like the name of it honestly, but otherwise, it's good. Yeah, if you're going based off of the set name, eight or nine. But I there's a lot of good cards in there. And pulling different cards, it, it probably gives it that nine, in my opinion. Yeah, then we had, uh, let's see, the Challenger decks for 2021. It's just some uh, straight-to-play standard decks. Uh, some of them were all right. It was like the Mutate deck and the uh, Boros deck were all right. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Challenger decks. They are better than those old intro decks, which they now have gone away with to do Commander decks, which I'm all for because I love Commander. I like the Challenger decks because they give people a cheaper option to get into Standard if they want. That's true. Um, And then the the Pioneer ones I liked more because it was a a lot like the top meta decks. minus a couple cards so like you know you still had one or two copies of the card but if you wanted it to be the exact meta deck you need to go out and buy another copy and combine the cards or something but you know just have four of everything so overall those are pretty good yeah exciting year for magic for sure all right, so then uh, what was your, if you had to pick one of those sets, what was your favorite set? My favorite set was Time Spiral. Yeah, if I had to pick just one, I'd pick Time Spiral. Um, otherwise, the DD is close second. Yeah. I, I would probably go the same thing. Time Spiral was fun to open, and then the D&D set was just fun. 
we're going to go into detail and go into some uh, what cards came out in each set. Uh, talk about some of the most played cards in Commander from the sets of last year. Um, we're getting all our statistics. We mentioned statistics and everything from EDH Rec, very popular website. Gives you all statistics and everything you need. Uh, so we're going to start with Crimson Vow Commander. Um, so in that, I, I got these Commander decks. Um, they have the Vampire one and the Spirit one. Um, in my opinion, the Vampire deck was the better of the two. The Strafon being really good if you can get a Blood Token Central theme, which is mainly only Crimson Vow cards then, so you get to play a lot of newer cards in your Commander deck. But just being able to put a Vampire straight from uh, your hand onto the battlefield tapped and attacking that's indestructible for a turn is super good. Yeah, that's that's a godly, a godly effect in my opinion. Yeah, that was like that deck precon deck. Just like you could just take that precon deck and start destro- destroying people with that. Uh, the spirit one, not so much, but there's some good cards. The spirits uh, from the spirit deck, the Melissant is actually in the most decks, so people are playing that as a commander. Um, and then cards played in other decks. Like I said, Strafon is in 5% of decks. Sinister Waltz, uh, choose three creature cards, put two of them on the battlefield and one on the bottom. Uh, that is played in 5% of decks. That Wedding Ring is like a white staple now. It's up to like almost 30 bucks, 20, 30 bucks. It's at 4% of decks. And that's where if you have an opponent that's drawing a bunch of cards, you know, you pair, you basically marry them because you make a copy of it on them. And then whenever they draw, you draw. So it's pretty good. Yeah, and I like, obviously, like Olivia and Anya were super godly mm. as well. And they're actually in a lot of decks, which makes sense because, you know, they play, they're played as commander a lot. And then for the main set, uh, Toxtrol is the most popular. I actually have a, to- a foil pre-release Toxtrol that I'm about to probably trade away because I'm not going to use it, and it's worth a ton of money right now. <laughs> um, 1700 decks. And then the, the deck that I want to build, I still don't have this guy. I need to get him. He's only 30 cents, but he's the uh, second most popular is the Rumo Strongkirk. Um, he's the guy that he flips into a giant Kraken, and you can keep uh, copying other big Krakens, so you just make a Kraken, Leviathan, Octopus, Serpent deck, so big sea monsters deck. I feel like that would be really fun in Commander. That would be super fun. I used to play with uh, Leviathans quite a bit. Uh, and then the Frog guy is pretty popular. Uh, it's, it's so you can make Frog Tribal if you want. Whenever Frog attacks, you mill three cards. Um, and then when it's a card is milled, you get a Croak Counter, and then you can cast stuff with Croak Counters on them. So that's kind of cool. You just kind of get more cards to play. Olivia, like you said, super good. Um, Torrens, if you want, if you have humans, I mean, with Torrens, that deck already kind of existed. Um, let's see. Then we got, you know, Hel- Helena and Alana, Edgar, Audric. Um, the lands from the Innistrad, the come and tap them, unless you control two or more. Those are all played in 40% of decks now because they're great in Commander. Like, they just basically never come in tapped in their dual lands. Yeah, no, it's... Those are those are going to be going up in price as well, I would think. Yeah, so definitely pick them up now with only, like, five bucks. Yep. Uh, the Midnight Hunt, some top cards. 
We got the zombies guy. Um, and then we had the curse deck actually has a commander now. Um, and we got some humans. Uh, and then we got a bunch of just random stuff in the main set because, like I said, the werewolves was. We did get a werewolf commander though, so if you want to play a werewolf deck, we got a better werewolf commander card, uh, Tolar. Uh, I think he was even played on Command Zone. <clears throat> uh, then you got Vadric, um, where you cast spells and then he buffs his powers. It's kind of Voltroni blue red deck. You got old stick fingers, or you just keep milling. Or you reveal cards and put cards in the graveyard, and then you just he gets big for everything in the graveyard. Um, you got Leer, which is a super powerful card that makes no spells can be countered, and then it gives everything in your graveyard flashback. Like super good. Yep, super godly. And then again, those land the other five of those lands were printed in the Midnight Hunt, which are super good. And then, obviously, the most popular card, the most expensive card in the set is played 10% of decks now. Uh, that's Meat Hook Massacre. I need to get this from my black deck. The card is just stupid good. It's uh, literally like a Massacre Worm, but it's on an enchantment that gives you like a Blood Artist effect on a stick in a board wipe. <laughs> so good. Yeah, it's super good to play, and it's not that great to play against, in my opinion. Yeah, if you're playing against it, you're just like, oh. Uh, Infer Infernal Grasp has been played in 13% of the deck, too, which is crazy for an uncommon, but it's two mana to destroy any creature and you lose two life. It's a solid card. Yeah, it's definitely good at Commander. Then you got the Rite of Harmony, which has combo potential. Uh, it's like a glimpse of nature, for, but it costs a white and a green instead of just a green. Whatever creature at Chamon enters, you draw a card. Until of turn. So you just combo wombo with that. And you got the Ren and Seven, the big planeswalker that can put dump all your lands um, into your hand and then dump all your lands out of the field and then create tokens equal to the number of lands. It's just freaking busted. Like that card is good. If you have a Lands Matters deck, that was in that set too. Lands Matters decks are fun, but. They can have a lot of interesting combinations that sometimes people might miss. Yeah. And then on to the D&D sets. We, in the commander decks for the D&D, um, I did buy all these because I love this set. Uh, Prosper, super good. Uh, commander deck, that one was good out of the box. So was the Vondrous Dragons deck was sweet out of the box. because uh, And then I got all the blue-red dragons or green-red dragon, super good. Uh, so I got all those to put in my uh, other deck. And then the time at was in set. So time at's another dragon I needed to get. Um, we got Xanthar, Minsk, Colain, Volo, and his Guide to Monsters, which is actually a, a D&D book you can get, so that's cool. Drizzt, like all these crazy D&D characters you can now play in Commander. Yeah, which was super fun, because I remember early on when we were playing D&D, we were like, oh, I wish these were magic cards, and then now they're all magic cards. Yeah, and I, I remember like, the first campaign we did was the Time Hat campaign, where you fought Time Hat, and he was like almost impossible to beat if you didn't uh, stop his, uh, what do you call it, relic he has. 
And it's just like, okay, well, now uh, we have a card after him, and he's really good because he's 7 7 flying that puts five dragons in your hand. Yeah, exactly. And playing against Time Out in D&D even was a little bit of a chore. And then uh, Old Knobbone, I think that's a busted new dragon too. Uh, five green green versus seven seven flying. Uh, whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you create that many treasure tokens. So you're just ramping that swing. Yep, just ramp that mana up super high. Yep, which is what you need in dragons. Yep, you need a lot of mana for dragons to work. <laughs> uh, and then Deadly Dispute, the common actually, is played in 10% of decks now. I'm actually putting this in my Kakusho black deck. Uh, because it's just a better version of, uh, like, village rights and stuff, in my opinion. Uh, you sacrifice a creature or an artifact for two mana instant, and you draw two cards and make a treasure token. Seems good to me. Yeah, and so that's a good card, too, in my opinion. And then if if you play uh, elves or whatever, uh, you have Circle of Dreams elf, which is... You know, like a cradle on a creature. You add a green for every creature you control. And it costs three greens for a two-one. So that's uh, if you can't afford guys cradle, you can get this. Uh, you know, five-dollar card, stick it in your deck. Yeah, it's easier to kill, but it still gets the same effect. Yeah, but it the price difference. It, it's easier to kill, but you're not paying eight hundred thousand dollars. Right. And then uh, Modern Horizons 2 had some good new cards, some uh, good reprints. Chatterfang being one of the most popular, so if you want a Squirrel Commander deck. For those people who have always wanted a Squirrel Commander, but haven't had a Squirrel Commander, it's finally here. Yep, yep. And then uh, another enchantment one, uh, Sithis. And then Garth One-Eye is interesting. Um, I I actually got him, I haven't built the deck yet, but I got him to build the deck. Uh, he's the 5-5 five, five for one of each color. So he's a five-color deck. But you can tap and you choose a card that hasn't been chosen from among Disenchant, Brain Geyser, Terror, Sheevan Dragon, Regrowth, and Black Lotus and make a token of the chosen name. Yeah, that was super interesting to read when it was first spoiled. And I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I thought it was going to be better than it was. But, you know, it's you can still only make one Black Lotus unless you flicker it. So, like, the whole deck I'm thinking of is you make Black Lotus, flicker it. Yeah, that seems like you could abuse it quite a bit. Um, a couple of good Planeswalkers came in that set, like Grist. Um, and then there's the the card nobody can pronounce, the As Mernranonara Disconanonar. <laughs> All right, let me let me get a chance to try to pronounce this. As Mora Nomar. Decad Estina Kuldakar. That's right. You just like uh, you just gotta practice it enough that you'll say it really fast. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a card. They're like, they're like, let's just prank people. Right. And like, oh, he can't pronounce the card. Well, he can't play it then. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then Strixhaven. We got uh, some decent stuff in that set. We got the uh, Fracture. It's an uncommon that people are playing in 15% of decks. Uh, destroys an artifact, enchantment, or Pineswalker for a black and a white. We also got Calling Ritual. 
uh, destroy each non-land permanent mana value two or less, and you add uh, green or a black mana for every permanent destroyed this way. That's pretty good. Uh, you got Storm Kiln Artist. Uh, it's a 2-2 two, two for four that gets plus one, plus zero for each artifact you control. But the more important part why you play this card in your deck is the Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant sorcery spell, you get a treasure token. Yep, and we're right back to ramping that mana. Yeah, and that was another thing that, that seemed to become prevalent in the last year is that treasure, like making a deck that just makes clues or treasures or those kind of like support tokens is now possible. You could play a whole deck of cards that do that. For sure. No, I, I agree. I think the new lands that they came with are actually pretty interesting as well. They seem like they could go up in price in my opinion. Yeah, it's the, they come and tap unless you reveal one of them from your hand. Yeah, which is, I mean, if you're, let's say, Frostboil Snarl, if you're playing a red-blue deck, the odds that you have a basic in your hand when you draw have this land are pretty, pretty even. Right, especially if it's in your opening hand, you definitely probably will. Yeah, and you're, you're not going to play it tapped, obviously. You're going to wait until you have one of the lands that is required. Right, and then uh, there was also some cool dragons in Strixhaven, like Beldros. I'm just, I like, you know, dragons. Uh, Beldros, you know, he gets a 1-1 pest that when he dies, you gain a life, and you get that every upkeep. But then the fact that you could just pay 10 life and untap all your lands is pretty sweet, especially Commander. Yeah, and Shadrix is pretty sweet, too, in my opinion. Yeah, all those, the Shadrix, and there was, there was stuff like, there's one for every color pair, I don't know. Oh, uh, Galazeth, that was one. Uh, Velmoculus, he was pretty good. And, uh, oh, the Quandrex one. Yeah, that's our area two. Uh, then we had, you know, Commander 2021. Did you get anything from Commander 2021? No. You didn't, okay. I did get a couple of those. I got the, our Ozgear deck... I know. Um, I also got the Brina deck, but he's not that good when you're playing one on one, anyways. It's good in multiplayer. Uh, so yeah, I have some. I have some cards from there, but I don't have. I didn't buy into the actual decks themselves yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there are some decent cards in there, like Acromancer's Acromancer's map. It's like land fetch for white. Um. Ink Shield, the Monologue Tax. So Monologue Tax, another staple they made. Uh, Cursed Mirror, I think it's going to slowly become a staple as well in this set. Um, and then Time Spiral, there's just a lot of reprints. So if you needed any of those, it was uh, a good spot to grab a Sliver Legion because that was way up in price. Yeah, I was excited to... Uh get a lot of reprints in Time Spiral for a commander. Did you get anything you really needed? I got a Thoughtseize. Oh yeah, that's a That was idea. the best card. I ended up trading it away to, for better stuff that I needed, but getting it helped me make those trades for sure. Yeah, and then, you know, Damnation, Urborg, Abrupt Decay, all these, like, staple cards were reprinted, so, you know, for cheaper from that set. 
I actually liked the uh, the box topper for that one, which was the foil Lotus Bloom. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, and then Coldheim, I got both of those commander decks. Uh, we had the Elf one and the Fortel one, the Elf one being the way better of the two, in my opinion. You can see this in some of the data on EDH Rec 2. It says uh, 5,415 5, decks uh, are the Elathral Elf deck and only 2,000 of the Fortel deck. Um, and then some other sweet cards. Uh, you got Eskia, which flips into the Prismatic Bridge. Uh, you got Orvar. You got Tigrid. You got Coma. Coma is busted. You got Vorinclex, Toski. There was a lot of uh, sweet cards in Kaldheim for Commander. Yeah, I like the Vorinclex. Uh, it wasn't a reprint, obviously, but the uh, return to Vorinclex. I like the original one better, but having a new Vorinclex is fun. Yeah, a new one that's like doubling season and anti-doubling season on one. And then there was a shit ton of secret layers last year. Did you buy any? I have bought zero secret layers. I like I said earlier, the price for them just isn't worth it to me. Okay, I did get one. I got the um, Stranger Things secret layer, just because I thought it was going to be um, mechanically unique, like The Walking Dead, and you weren't going to be able to get it. But now that Wizards has announced that they are going to add them to the list at some point in the you know, future set, and they'll come up, you know, um, four times more often than a specific list card. So it'll be like one in a box you might get. Uh, seems like it'll be easier to get these cards if you don't buy the Secret Lair one, but they won't be the Stranger Things versions. They'll be magic uh, names. Yeah, I Stranger Things, I... It's I love Stranger Things, but I just didn't buy into the bait of the secret layers. But yeah, so that was the one I got. Um, and then you can look, we'll put in the show notes a link, you can look up all the ones. There was nine super drops, each one with like six or seven secret layers, so I think that's like I don't know, 50 secret layers or some crap. It's almost one a week. <laughs> it's like Wizards is milking them. Yeah, they like to milk for, you know, all the money they can. <laughs> Corey's Crazy Card. Corey's Crazy Card segment this week is Apocalypse Chime, uh, which is a crazy card because it has two for an artifact that has two taps, sacrifice it to destroy all cards from the Homelands expansion. So it only blows up stuff from Homelands, and Homelands itself is not a great set, and nobody ever plays it. And I have, like, probably two of these Apocalypse Chimes, and there's zero use for it at all, which is why it's crazy. Yeah, that's a pretty crazy card. I mean, how many people are running Homelands cards in their in their decks? Right. It's a very niche card. Like, if you pl- were playing a specific draft from Homelands, it would be good. Right, that's the only time. The the top comment on this card on the gatherer is hilarious. He goes, this card is overkill. Having to play with Homelands itself is punishment. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, Homelands is... Uh, 
I've seen many lists where Homelands is considered the worst set ever. Yeah, Homelands and Fallen Empires are not great. Overall, the community rating of the card has two out of five. Yeah, that makes quite a bit of sense to me. All right, then we're going to try a new segment here called uh, Sleepy. That's another name for It's Jake's uh, tag is Sleepy Shaman. So Sleepy Sweeper. So this is a new segment, and we're going to see how well it goes. But every week I'm going to be, or every show I'm going to be doing a sweeper. So any board wipes or anything like that that I particularly enjoy. Uh, this first week is going to be Damnation. Um I'm a huge black player, and it's just, in my opinion, it's one of the best board wipes there is. Um, four mana to destroy the whole board. So, yeah, it's like the it's like the Black Wrath of God. And when it first came out, I was like, finally, black has a wrath, and it's on my. I made a playmat with the art of it on it. It's literally like my favorite card in black. One of my yep. Damnation is one of those great sweepers. And that gets the first award of being on Sleepy Sweepers. Yeah, uh, so anyway, thank you guys for listening. This has been our year in review cast. Um, please share this episode with your friends and others who love magic. We're trying to grow our community. We have a Discord you can join. We have a YouTube channel you can follow, uh, which is MTG Place. We just set up a Twitter which is, uh, you can follow that, which is A underscore MTG underscore place. Uh, and we'll be posting out content. Uh, we'll also be posting some content on YouTube some more. We're going to try and get to that and uh, continue with these podcasts and we know you guys like. Yep, everybody, thanks for listening and thanks for your continued support.